and the great stories of the continuation of Jesus' ministry. We've been studying in the book of Acts over the last six or eight weeks. The book of Acts is an amazing book of what happened in the early church and what, it, what was God's plan after Jesus ascended to heaven. Some people think of the book of Acts, which is the fifth book in the New Testament, as a turning point in human history. It is in many ways. It tells the story of the spread of the, the Christian faith. About four weeks ago, I invited our church family to kind of go on a journey with me in the book of Acts and to read it and, and reread it. 28 chapters in the book of Acts, 28 days. Today's the 28th day, but we're not finished with the book of Acts. Just, that's just the beginning. But I've challenged our church family to read it again fresh. Boy, I have tried to read over and over the book of Acts in the last month, and sometimes I read a chapter here or a chapter there, and sometimes when I've had about an hour or so, I just sit down and I just read the book. And boy, have I gotten a lot out of it by doing it that way. Uh, I know that time sometimes is tight and we have to make a priority, but when, I, when I've just read the whole book through, it's just amazing what I've sensed and, and read that I never noticed before. And I just want to invite you to do that. Through this summer, I'd like to invite you to continue to just think about and read about and hear what God says to us from the book of Acts. We certainly recognize the book of Acts is the emergence of the church, the early church. And the book of Acts gives us some pictures and ideas of, of the people and the, the forces and dynamics of how the early church spread. How did this faith in Jesus spread across the Roman Empire in a matter of 15 to 20 to 30 years. It's an amazing story just to see how quickly the Christian faith spread in the first century. It spread across the known world in an incredible short amount of time. There were a lot of amazing things that happened, and the book of Acts shows us some of those things. But also the book of Acts is, and we are focusing on the story of the Holy Spirit and how important the Holy Spirit is to the Christian faith, how important the Holy Spirit was to the church, how important it was for the beginning of the church and the maintenance of the church and the spread of Christianity. Jesus had promised that the Father was going to send the Holy Spirit to his disciples, and it would change the world. And so we are reading today about the coming of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. And so we're focusing this morning and really much throughout this summer on some of these stories about the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I just want you to really focus on the meaning and the importance of the Holy Spirit. Number one, I want to say about the Holy Spirit, the word holy. Sometimes we forget about how holy God is. Some of the songs that Shauna planned for us this morning was about the holiness of God. I want to say that we should always start out when we're thinking about who God is and we're worshiping him and we're seeking him and we say, God, what do you say to us? We start out with that picture in our hearts, the holiness of God. He is a holy spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. God is always holy. God gives us his spirit. He gives us his holiness. We see glimpses and pictures of him throughout the, the New Testament. And 
We've seen pictures and glimpses of Jesus and his holiness and and we'll also see in the books of, of Acts the holiness of God through his spirit and how precious the spirit is. Holy means to be set apart. The spirit of God is to be in our minds and our hearts different than anything else we, we experience in this world. The very presence of God in our world, in our lives, unseen but at work. The day of Pentecost was a great change for the church. It was a beginning. It was a moment. It was an outpouring. It was the hand of God at a moment in time that changed man's relationship with God. Turn with me if you want to read the story to Acts. We're going to read in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. The day of Pentecost, I'm going to ask you to stand in honor especially of this great day of the church as we think about the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on earth on, uh, on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly, they were amazed. They asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How then is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia, Phlegia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Thank you. You may be seated. What does this mean? That's an incredible question about the Holy Spirit. What does it mean that God sent the Holy Spirit? What did it mean in the first century? We read, and the book of Acts gives us a picture of, of what it means that God sent his Holy Spirit. But also today, why is God's Spirit given to us today? And how does God do that? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit set the church in motion. The outpouring of the, the Holy Spirit did something in the lives of those early disciples that absolutely changed them. I mean, there was something that went on inside of them when they were filled with the Holy Spirit that sent them out with boldness and with the ability to preach and teach and confront and risk and everything else in order to tell the story of Jesus. When you think about how quickly the church spread, these disciples were so filled with something when the Holy Spirit was poured out that their whole lives just absolutely turned over into wanting to tell people about Jesus. They were excited about it. They were not afraid anymore. They went out and did whatever God gave them an opportunity to tell the story about Jesus. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people, one at a time, came to faith in Christ. The early church spread. It was amazing. 3,000 in one day, then two more thousand another day. And then it just continued to go from there as these disciples were so fired up about what they believed about Jesus that they went out to preach and teach. They were filled with faith. 
They were filled. They had known the stories of Jesus, but when the Holy Spirit came, it set them loose to be able to explain it and tell it. They were filled already with the love of Jesus, but they were so filled with excitement to go out and preach and to teach because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had told them to wait until the Holy Spirit came. Wait until the Father in heaven uh, would send that gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we find them as chapter 2 opens. It says that they're gathered together. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They did what Jesus told them to do, come together. And they were praying and they were waiting. They were anticipating. They were looking for the things of God. I mean, this was a concentrated group of people very committed to Jesus, which may tell us a little bit about why there was such excitement when the Holy Spirit came and such power when the Holy Spirit came. They were already searching for God. They were already hungry for God. They were already saying, I want to be and do and hear from God. They were waiting just like Jesus had told them to do. They were waiting. They were all together. There was a sense of purpose. There was a sense of unity. There was a sense of of expectation and anticipation, and they were praying. They were praying constantly, the scriptures say. They were praying until the moment that God, God did what God was going to do. God promised them something very, very special, very, very important, and And they were waiting and looking until the moment came. We know that throughout the Bible, the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit has come at different times and given boldness to certain leaders and helped people and came and and did work here on the earth. But this is something different. This is a permanent presence of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those who give their hearts to them. The Holy Spirit now is given for every believer not to be taken away, not to go and come. But the promise is that God gives the Holy Spirit to every single person who turns to Jesus in faith and asks him to come into their heart. The truth is, when you become a believer, when you make that step of salvation, when you say, yes, Jesus, I know that you died for my sins and I ask you to forgive me for my sins. When you do that, part of that experience of of salvation is God says he gives us his Holy Spirit. This is the beginning of that day. And the church today, every person that comes to faith, God gives the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how it began. It was life-changing. I mean, on that first day, they were together, they were waiting, they were praying, and it says that the Holy Spirit filled the house. Imagine what that was like. We think of how could that be, and all of a sudden, not uh, uh, in a way that would just, they had never experienced before, The Holy Spirit of God filled the house. I know there's a mystery to that. I've been in places and I've been at times, and many of you have too, when you have sensed the presence of God in an overwhelming way. Uh, And what a blessing that is. Maybe you've been in a service or you've had an opportunity to hear God speak to you in your heart and your life, and, and you just feel so real, the Spirit of God. Well, on this day, everyone in the room felt it. The Holy Spirit filled the house. Along with the coming of the Holy Spirit was this wind that's described in one translation as a violent wind. Somehow the movement of God uh, on this day for this beginning time of the outpouring of God's Spirit was amazing. It was a violent wind. And coming with that was, was the visual in this case, the tongues of fire. Somehow as that wind blew through that upper room and, 
and they sensed the fullness of the Spirit of God, there was, there was something else that they saw, tongues of fire, a symbol. It became a, the, to be associated with the presence of the Holy Spirit and, and His fire that speaks to hearts and changes lives and continues the ministry of Jesus. So you could hear it, you could see it, you could feel it in that upper room. And what happened, uh, the, the disciples, as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began, they began to speak in other languages. They began to be able to, to talk in languages they didn't know. These men were all from Galilee. It was noted by those on the outside, but yet they were speaking. And when they did, every person that heard them testify heard it in their own language. What an amazing miracle that was. That was part of the miracle of Pentecost. And they spoke, and if you're from... You're from Egypt, you heard it in your language. If you were from Rome, you heard it in your language, wherever it was. And so there was this immediate power and force and effectiveness of speaking in other languages. And they were witnessing about Jesus. What did they do? They witnessed about Jesus. The book of Acts from here on, the next chapter, the chapter after is telling the story of Jesus Peter gets up, we're not looking at that today, but he addresses the crowd and he says, okay, you've seen this amazing something, now let me tell you about it. Let me tell you how God has revealed himself. And, and uh, Peter tells the story and all the apostles, they begin to witness and they go out and they meet people and they tell them about Jesus and the power of forgiveness, the power of God and, and people by the thousands were saved. They were so excited to hear the story of Jesus God's message to the disciples. The Holy Spirit fills the believers. I want to say this morning that it's so important for us to understand that God wants to fill us with His Spirit. God wants us to have His presence in a way that we sense and we know, we can, we can feel, and we can feel the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God's plan for the church, for every believer of every century is to give them the Holy Spirit. Whether you go to a Nazarene church or a Methodist church or a Baptist church or whatever church you go to, whatever group you meet with, whatever your doctrine is, the truth is God wants every single Christian to have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the key. The Holy Spirit is the key. In Jesus' day, he was there to talk to his disciples and teach them. Now the Holy Spirit continues that ministry and he applies that truth to our hearts. He is the teacher the Holy Spirit is. He is our guide. There's so many words that are used in the New Testament describe the work of the Holy Spirit. He takes what's already been revealed and the Holy Spirit helps us to understand it for ourselves. So don't think that the Holy Spirit is important. You have God the Father, you have God the Son, but also the importance and the meaning of the Holy Spirit. He is present. He is working. He is speaking. I believe today that that I don't ever need to say, Holy Spirit, come to this place. Sometimes our songs say that, and I've never liked that theology. The truth is the Holy Spirit is with every believer. But it's up to us to listen. It's up to us to tune him in. It's up to us to listen to his voice because he speaks to us. He speaks to us through our conscience. He speaks to us through his truth and shows us what is right. He guides us if we listen if you turn it off, if you don't listen, you won't hear God's Spirit. But I can promise you today, if you sincerely, if you sincerely are seeking God, His Holy Spirit will speak to you. His Holy Spirit will show you what is right. His Holy Spirit will stop you and say, wait a minute, that's not the path I want you to go. 
when we are listening and responsive to the Holy Spirit, God wants to use him to minister in every part of our lives. He is our guide. He is our coach. He is our advocate. He's the one that that brings the truth of God to our hearts. But we've got to listen. The Holy Spirit is just as present today as he was on the day of Pentecost. I don't hear the wind. I don't see the tongues of fire. There's times when I'm wondering, God, what are you saying to me? And I think, why is that? Is it because we're so busy? We're so overwhelmed with other things, and we have so many other things that are important to us that we're not concentrated in the upper room like they were on the day of Pentecost. We come together. We're here today, and I'm so glad you are. I'm so glad you're here. We came together today, I hope, most of us to worship God and really say, God, what do you want to say to me? And that's great. That's great. We, we do that one day a week and maybe other times, whatever, and God can speak to us and he does. But imagine what it was for that concentrated upper room. We know they were there for 10 days. Well, we think 10 days because 10 days from the ascension to the day of Pentecost, they were together, they were praying and they were waiting, they were watching. And boy, when the Holy Spirit came, it just set them loose. Well, that same Holy Spirit wants to speak to the church today. That same Holy Spirit wants to guide you and be with you. He is available. He is present in every believer. Look at Luke chapter 11, verse 13. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Uh, First part of that is, would a father give good gifts? Yes. And what about your Father in heaven? How he wants to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. It's not as if God has a clipboard and says, okay, you got to do X, Y, and Z, and then I might send my Holy Spirit. God is wanting you to have his Spirit with him. He's wanting you to hear his Spirit. He wants you to, to know him. He wants that Spirit to teach you and guide you. But also we know that the work of the Holy Spirit can be effective in our lives or we can drown him out. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. See, there's both the promise that the Holy Spirit is there, but also the possibility that you can grieve God's Spirit with the way you live. You can grieve God's Spirit by not responding to that voice that speaks to your heart. You can grieve God's Spirit by when you know to do right and you don't do it. You grieve God's Spirit. You can grieve God's Spirit by being too busy by not having time, by not taking time to say, God, lead me, guide me, help me to know your presence. We can grieve God's spirit, but instead he wants us to walk with his spirit, cooperative. God, you're in charge. You're in charge of my life. I'm listening to you. It's so important that we understand the meaning of the Holy Spirit. He is present in every believer. He's present today. He's present with you. If you're a believer and you've asked Jesus to forgive you, it's not like you have to say, I, I don't, God's not there for me. God is there for you. But you've got to turn to him. You've got to have a heart that wants to hear him and listen to him. I believe that from the depths of my heart. People who are Christians and struggling To know what it means to be a Christian, I want to say if you're in that place today and you're wondering if God is real, call out to him and say, God, I want your spirit to show me your truth. God will do that. 
We also think of some other words when we think about the Holy Spirit. We certainly think of the word filling, filling. God just doesn't want to touch you once in a while. God wants to fill you. I mean, with his fullness, a heart of love for people, a heart that's fully following him. I mean, that's what it means to have the Holy Spirit alive in your life is say, God, you come in. You take control of my life. I belong to you. The filling, the thinking of the word fullness, that word is found also in the New Testament several times, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes uh, we can use a tool, but we don't use it for its intended purpose, and it's not very effective. You know, the Holy Spirit that's on the bookshelf of our lives doesn't do much for us. But the Holy Spirit, who we are listening to and seeking with our hearts, oh, he has something to say to us. He wants to give us his fullness. Times that we sense him and we know that he's leading us and guiding us. There's also a word that we talk about, the Holy Spirit. It's the word surrender. Surrender. The Holy Spirit is here, but it's up to us to give to Him our lives, to give to Him our choices, give to Him our morals, give to Him our hurts, give to Him everything that we are and say, God, they are yours. You teach me. You guide me. We need the Holy Spirit today. One more thing that I'll say about the Holy Spirit is there's the yielding, there's the responsibility, and then there's the word in Scripture and kind of going through these quick today, and some of them we're going to pick up another time, but the importance of walking with the Spirit. Walking with the Spirit. That brings a a picture to my mind of just taking a walk uh, with God every day, and every day he's right there. He's he's with me. Uh, We have time to talk. We have time to listen. I know that he cares about me. When my dad was here, up until last week, uh, and I was beginning to walk again. As you can see, I'm walking good today. Thank you for your prayers. I'm doing so much better. I even feel like walking across here. But you know, to think that God wants me to walk with him, his spirit, this is God himself. This is not God's little cousin, Holy Spirit. This is God himself, and he says, I want to walk with you. I want to be with you. The Holy Spirit wants to be with you and help you and guide you. He's available today. Let's seek him. Let's worship him. Let's say, God, I want you in your fullness. Would you stand with me?